Friends in Christ, we listened to a magnificent passage this weekend in the book of the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 25. Isaiah has been described by some of the fathers of the church as the fifth evangelist. So just like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament. In the same way, Isaiah the prophet proclaims the good news. He uses that expression, good news or gospel, several times in the book of the prophet Isaiah. But it's he who brings us Emmanuel. He says the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and you shall name him Emmanuel. That's from Isaiah. It's Isaiah that gives us the suffering servant, the one who takes on the transgressions of his people, was wounded because of our sins, and brings us back to God by his suffering. That's Isaiah the prophet, chapter 53. But in the passage we listened to this weekend, chapter 25, Isaiah talks about the salvation of God that will come to us on this mountain, he says. So two things. On this mountain, Isaiah proclaims, God will provide a banquet, a feast of rich food and choice wine. And on this mountain, he says, there'll be a great victory that God will destroy death forever on this mountain. The mountain he's referring to is Mount Zion, or the city of Jerusalem. It's in that place where Christ on Mount Calvary will offer his body and blood as a sacrifice of love to set us free. He will die to destroy death forever. And yet, he wanted to make sure we could participate in that salvation. Not just to be saved, but to enjoy it. Not just at the end of life, but during this life already. And so on the night before he dies, at a banquet, the Last Supper, he takes bread and says, This is my body, will be broken for you. He takes the chalice and says, this is the chalice of my blood that will be shed for you, poured out in love for you. Take it and receive it and do this in remembrance of me. This is the banquet of love that we're called to share in the Eucharist. It's the banquet of our salvation. How are we receiving it and participating most fully in that feast. There's a great film that came out back in 1987. It was a critically acclaimed film called Babette's Feast. It's a favorite of St. John Paul II, as well as Pope Francis. And it tells the story about these two older women from Denmark. So when they were younger, their father had been the founder of a Protestant community a Christian sect that was very austere. So they would forsake the pleasures of this life in order to focus more completely on the life of the world to come. 
That was their spiritual focus. And they had been very vibrant at one point. But now that the sisters are older, now that the founder has passed on, they're no longer as vibrant as they once were. They're dwindling in numbers. But also, they have a hard time getting along with each other. There are divisions among them. There's a lack of forgiveness that has happened over time. And towards the beginning of the story, both of the sisters living together hear a knock at the door. They open the door and in this woman falls literally into the room holding a letter and she passes out. And they read the letter. It's written in French. It's from a friend of theirs who says, this is Babette. I give her to you. She has lost both her husband and her son in the uprisings in Paris. She has no one. Please welcome her. She could be your housekeeper. And also, he says in the letter, she can cook. Almost as an understatement. Well, they find out later on in the story that that's exactly what she does. But she agrees at first to make very simple meals for those two older women. And it goes on that she becomes the housekeeper. She becomes part of the community. After about a dozen years, lo and behold, Babette wins the lottery in Paris. So a friend of hers had been playing her ticket year after year. And that particular year, Babette won 10,000 francs. Not a fortune, but certainly a lot of money. And she says to the sisters, I want to throw a feast in honor of your father, who would have celebrated his 100th birthday this year. Well, they reluctantly agree to the feast. And she begins to bring in all the food all the meat and the fish, all of the breads and the wines, and the sisters begin to balk. They start to say, we've made a mistake, but they don't want to hurt her feelings. So the sisters, along with the other guests that are invited, make a deal or a pact with each other. We'll go to the feast, but we won't enjoy it. (laughs) No matter what, if we say that we enjoy it in any way, we could be participating in the sin of indulgence. So that's what they do. Well, they show up at the feast, and Babette prepares everything. It's completely extravagant. But they begin to taste it, and they begin to eat the food that's set before them, and to drink the wine, and things begin to change. The walls that had been between them begin to break down. They begin to forgive each other and to laugh and to love. And at one point, it becomes clear to the sisters the great gift that Babette is, the wonderful gift that she has for creating this incredible meal. And so as the guests begin to leave that magnificent banquet and begin to go home laughing and joyfully leaving that place, The sisters are anxious that now Babette will leave. After all, she just won the lottery. And so they go to the kitchen to confront her, only to find that she's passed out halfway 
exhausted, barely awake, after doing that huge meal, she's sitting on the chopping block, a sacrificial victim. And they say, will you leave us now? And she says, leave you? I've lost my husband, I've lost my son, and I have no money. Where would I go? And the sisters say, you just won the lottery. And she responds and says, I know, but I spent all of it on this banquet. Now I will remain with you. Babette represents Christ in the film. It's Christ who has given everything to feed us with his body and blood. He's given his life as a sacrifice to destroy death forever and to bring us into the kingdom of God. The gospel this weekend is a parable about the kingdom of God that is like a wedding feast. Jesus is inviting us to a banquet of love that begins now and continues for all eternity. How are we able to receive that feast that God wishes to prepare for us? In our lives this weekend, are we letting that feast change us and make us more like Christ? Because on this mountain, God destroys death forever and provides rich food and choice wine. In this place, God gives himself to us as food. How are we entering more deeply into that gift that is nothing less than our salvation?